Hello, welcome back to NG Meets. I hope you're all staying safe and I hope you're all handling this uh, lockdown situation as best you can. But obviously this is unprecedented times. You know, please just follow all the official advice. Keep with the social distancing, you know, only go out as they say when it's essential and hopefully we can get through this. But uh, there's a long way to go and there's a lot more needs to be done. Um, massive, obviously, a shout out to all those key workers, be it NHS staff, carers, paramedics, those working to get food and supplies out to the most vulnerable people, the people keeping the shelves stacked, the people working in the shops, the people delivering around the country and indeed the world, you know, for those of us that can, we are staying in as much as we can, but for some, they just cannot. You know, there's the emergency services that are still working hard, the police, the fire services. All those people do such a wonderful job. But if you can stay in, do stay in, follow the guidelines. I know it's hard, it's really tough, especially with kids stuck at home, no school. Obviously, it's Easter, the weather's been great. But this is, as I said, this is unprecedented. This virus is new, novel, as they call it, and we're a long way yet off um, getting through this. But we, will, I'm sure, we will get through it. And people, you know, experts, you know, far more about this than me. They're, they're working on it. Um, but I hope you're all staying safe. I hope those that listened enjoyed last week's show. Hopefully we can keep these shows coming. We've got one more already recorded after this one. Like last week's, this week's and next week's, all were recorded well before the uh, coronavirus pandemic reached the escalated stage that it is. So at that point, there was sort of no no sort of sense of this of all this that was to come. And uh, this week's guests, like both the other guests, of ma- or like everyone, are massively af- affected by that. So although it doesn't crop up in the interview, you know, they'll they'll be impacted on that. We're looking at getting some more shows put together. Um we're looking at some guests that we're going to talk to in relation to uh, COVID nineteen and the coronavirus. And I think it's online, you know, it's almost certainly gonna come up in other interviews we have with other people because it is um such a huge thing, having such a huge impact on everybody and everything. Again, stay safe and just look after yourselves, look after each other. You know, help out as much as you can, but follow all the official guidelines on social distancing, isolating yourselves and things like that. Um, On to the show. This week's guests are are from Nottingham Lions Football Club. For those that don't know, Nottingham Lions FC are a LGBT friendly club. We play in Nottinghamshire. They've been going for... You know, 15, 16 years now. Uh, they've had the ups and downs in terms of, uh, you know, getting players in, being able to perform. They, but things are on the up for them now. They're doing really well. Obviously, again, that predates all this um, and what impact the the whole, obviously, coronavirus has shut sports down just like it does anything else. And that runs right through from, you know, the Premier League 
European Championships to all the way down to these grassroots who are really hit hard. Uh, but when we spoke to them, like I said, that was bef- this was before all this. Uh, we had a chat to them about the club, its history, um, how it's doing at the moment, some of the great uh, events they've taken part in. We talk about how attitudes towards uh, homophobia and things in football sort of we talk about the chanting that was commonplace on the stands just sort of 15, 20, maybe less years ago, how that's largely been stamped out and how people attitudes have changed that people will report that kind of thing now. We also talk obviously about the fact that uh, there is no openly gay footballer in uh, the professional men's game in the UK and uh, about how, the, how to, in a sense, the media's sort of in that I've hyped that up into a place that maybe that's part of the issue now. You know, it's become such a big thing now that the the person that does come forward and comes out openly as gay professional footballer that that will somewhat overshadow anything else they achieve in their career now. So we talk about that. Um, we talk about, you know, the camaraderie in sport and things like that and how that's so important and how that plays a big part in Nottingham Lions and what they do. So this is a great sit-down uh, with these guys and have a chat. And as I say, this was recorded before everything um, went to uh, to this craziness that we've got at the minute. But uh, obviously Nottingham Lions FC will be massively affected by that, just as everyone else is. And so... Uh, with that note, again, stay safe, look after yourselves, enjoy this episode, please. It is uh, NG Meets episode 30 with Nottingham Lions Football Club. Andy and Robin from Nottingham Lions Football Club. Uh, thanks for joining me this evening. Uh, so Nottingham Lions are uh, uh, sort of an LGBT plus friendly football club. Uh, I think are they the, only, the first in Nottingham or the only in Nottingham at the time? Yeah, so we're the only um, we're the only football club in Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire that offer or that sort of focus on. Um, Primarily, it was sort of gay friendly or LGBTQ friendly, whatever you want to, uh, you know, whatever context you want to put it in. Um, that was what it was originally set up for, and yeah, yeah like we say, with the only with the only club of that kind um, in Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire. There are other clubs of the same sort of nature up and down the country um, who we compete in in a in a league, and the league is again it's got the same sort of focus. Yeah, um, it's called GFSN, um, and again, it's sort of the idea was it's, it's gay friendly league. Um, but at the same time, the club's still open to to anyone. So the idea is, it's, it's football for all. Yeah, anyone could come and play along. Um, so we also sort of pride ourselves in uh, like people of whatever background could come and play, uh, whether it's a uh, different cultural backgrounds, um, a different gender. Like we have a few women that come and play with us as well, or just train with us or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what the focus is. 
Excellent. And, and have you been involved from the very beginning then of the club? Um, n- uh, no, neither of us. So the club started in 2006. Yeah. So it was a group of friends that were just sort of kicking about. It sort of built up to a larger amount. Um, and then they, they found this league that was already set up. And there was probably three or four clubs, I think, at the time um, in the bigger cities like London and Manchester. Um, and then I joined uh, about four years ago. Um, and then I joined three years ago. Yeah. In third season now. Yeah. Um, so there are some players that have been there since the start, sort of founded it, and this one will come and gone. Uh, they've, they've grown, I mean, we've got about 50, 50 members at the minute. Uh, we sort of grow steadily each year. Um, uh, and like I say, I think the last few years we've had a lot of people from uh, that perhaps aren't gay but just like the atmosphere of the club yeah. come along because it's, it's different. It's welcoming. It's, yeah, it's just welcoming. Um, it's still competitive in terms of football. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's welcoming. It doesn't matter who you are. It's all about the football. Um, and it's just socially as well, it's, it's a very good, it's got a very good core. It's sort of family based in a way. Um, everyone really gets on. Um, it's, um, like I say, it's just open for anyone. Um, we have people that play football. Some people just want to train just for fitness. And then some people come just for the social aspect as well. Um, so it's, it's just, it's probably more than a football club. It's a bit of a, um, our own family, yeah, yeah. It's a society really, if you like. Excellent. It's interesting when you think, because it, you say it was formed in 2006, and I guess and back then, obviously, there wasn't the sort of spotlight on homophobia and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and sort of opening football up and sort of looking at those kind of issues, in particular, why, you know, the attitudes on the terraces, yeah. which, you know, um, they were there, but they were, I, w- I won't say, but they were, almost accepted yeah. on the terraces then and people you know didn't bat an eyelid at them to a degree and there certainly wasn't the or didn't seem to be the sort of institutional attempt to tackle yeah. it yeah so that was um obviously a lot's changed since then so setting up the club back then i guess would have been a very different sort of world to yeah in that to as it's grown yeah, I, th- I think it would have been. I mean, it, it sort of surprises me how the GFSN was set up. Um, as in, you have enough clubs to formulate a league of the same kind of sort of background. Yeah. And it always interests me how that sort of kicked off from absolutely nothing, which is, you know, which is a huge success, really. It's a huge achievement. Um, and I, th- I think, like you say, that's probably not something beforehand, before then, 10 years before then, you probably would have seen much of. Um, but even in the in the period that the football club has been running, I think at first it wasn't, you know, didn't get any media attention or anything. Like you say, it was sort of a bit of a uh, sort of behind the scenes thing. Yeah. Um, whereas now, like I say, we get people from players from all sorts of backgrounds that come and play. Um, and then the last few years, we've had a lot of media attention because it's quite a, a focus socially. It's quite a focus um, in you know in the public eye, um, and and for media it gets a lot of attention. Um, and I think it's probably taken over a little bit from. What was probably more in the nineties and, and the two thousands, um, obviously, uh, kick it out and racism. Yeah, that was predominantly the bigger one, um, because obviously in terms of race, it's seen as a minority. But it's probably in a way a larger minority, um, and also obviously professional football. You know, there, there's a lot of um, uh, multicultural players in, in professional football, so that was probably the focus. Whereas now, even though you still get that bit of racism, unfortunately, in the, in the game. Um, it's it's has got a lot better and it has pushed you know a lot of that's been pushed out and people's mentalities have, have moved on and then I think um, that um, 
that a bit more of the newer focus now will be on, on gay players. Yeah. Um, and that's why in the media that's sort of come on a little bit. The difference with that, I think, is obviously there's, there's you know there's, there's loads of black players in football. Um, there always have been, and there's some really really good players. Um, the difference between I think um, LGBTQ in football is there's no openly gay players in professional football. And again, I think that just has that bit more focus for the media because it's a bit of a not like a mystery, but you know there's that sort of pressure there for that to happen a little bit. Yeah. Um, and in other sports, particularly, obviously that has happened in rugby and um, um, in or in Olympic games or whatever. You know, there's, there's already openly gay players and, and sports sports people. Um, but in football, it's not really there. It's still that sort of you know, it's not quite sort of took that step. So yeah, I think the the problem. Or possibly now, isn't it? Is that it's such a become such a thing that it's like almost no one wants to be the first yeah. because it is going to be the the sort of media and the action. Well, while most like most of people is going to be so intense that who you know not many people are going to want to choose yeah. that. I mean, you talked about rugby and obviously um, uh, Grant Thomas is. Perhaps the most high profile, but even he, I think he waited till he retired, didn't yeah, he? In rugby, and even even in rugby, which arguably isn't doesn't have anywhere near the profile. Yeah. But even he, you know, he didn't feel ready until he stepped away. Yeah. From it. And the main reason with that is people want to remember them while they're playing for the achievements of them yeah. playing, not being the gay professional footballer. Yes. something like that and it just mainly comes down to hoping that someday there will be a professional footballer who will realise that he might get known as the gay player but he will also be mainly known for his accomplishments in football and what he's, and what he's done to help make the sport better just to pave the way yeah to help other players coming into the game or just leaving the game to just think and say, I'm gay, I'm here, I'm, I'm a footballer. Like you're all watching me day in, day out, play the sport that I love. So why does it make a difference on yeah. what my sexual orientation is? And I, I think that's a, a great point actually, because that, that player, that that's the first player that does come out, if and when it happens, that, is going to be who they are and it doesn't matter whether they are three-time European Champions League winners win a World Cup the first thing that's always going to be written is first openly gay player in the same way that you would write World Cup winner yeah, yeah. They, and, and as you say it could be it will be huge a huge moment for many good reasons but as you, you know when that player is in that sport because they want to be known for their achievements in that sport. They want to be known for winning titles or cups or scoring the most goals or yeah. keeping the yeah. most clean sheets. They, you know, they, when they're looking at the legacy, and like you say, it needs someone to realise that the legacy arguably goes way beyond the pitch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's a strange concept. And in a way, you sort of think you shouldn't, like that, that shouldn't be a thing. They shouldn't no. have to do that. And, and it shouldn't be, like I say, a lot of the media hype is, is about that. But I mean, sometimes as a, as a gay person, you think, in a, in a way, it'll be, it will be sort of groundbreaking. But at the same time, it's like I say, you shouldn't have to go through that process, or that shouldn't be there because it shouldn't really matter. No, because they're 
um, that, that footballer's um, attitude and ability, it doesn't affect it. No. They're still who they are. If anything, they might even be more confident or more settled where they are. Um, but then if you think of that player individually as well and you think actually how much that would affect them, um, like first game, have they already, if, you know, they've already managed to go through grassroots football with that in their mind and already sort of having that closed you know, in their head and, and, and not having told anyone. And then to be in a team of people that they already know and, um, you know, and everyone that trusts them and everyone within that club, um, for them to do that on a personal level there is going to be difficult enough without any of the media hype and without all of that. Yeah, it's, it, that's it. You talk, they, you know, it's it's one thing. It's like you say, because that club, your club is your family. Yeah. So it's kind of like that moment when you tell your family only with a million cameras. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, it. Yeah. No, or knowing that very quickly afterwards, the whole world. Yeah. That's and it. you are yeah. then, and also then you lose control over it. Yeah. That's it's out. Just once yeah. the press get hold of it, and it's out there. You've you've lost well you've lost control of your life to a degree, and yeah, we know right. as much as the press might be going on about how they, you know, they will they will think someone should come out. It would be important that they, we also know there are elements of the press that will just harass yeah. and yeah. potentially go out. You know, they'll dig up every little yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe the person, you know, maybe the person has got relationships in the past. Yeah, that's it. Maybe a bisexual person, maybe they've got a child, yeah. and yeah. then their yeah. child, that's got that to take yeah. into consideration. And, you know, and, and this is it, because they, they did, that's what they do, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't matter, even, it doesn't matter how high they put somebody on a, a pedestal, yeah. you know, for sporting achievement yeah. in this country, we love to knock the media in this country's yeah. intent. Anyone yeah. gets anything positive, they like to knock them down. Yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. So it's, I don't know, and obviously, um, I mean, I, I've been going to football since I was a kid in the eighties, and I can remember how common chance that now would would were obviously homophobic at the time, but just were not, you know, the, the comments thrown at the referee, yeah, yeah, and things like that. But it was also, as again, I can remember chance that as a kid I didn't even realise were racist. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Things yeah, like that. You take it to football from a young age. Like yeah. I was the same. And it, it used to be a laugh to sing certain songs. There's certain ones you think, mm, I don't really know what that's about, but everyone else is yeah. singing it. Um, and a lot of the time, they're not personal and they're not aimed at anyone particularly. Obviously, some of them can be, and they're probably the worst ones. Um, but like I say, those sort of old chants where they used to be probably racist, quite broad, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and they were more clearly aimed at people, which were probably worse, but again, you know, in terms of, um, homophobic chanting yeah. again it's sort of more broad because it's not aimed at anyone particularly because no one knows yes um, but obviously it doesn't make it okay still and it's still um, you know it's still something that shouldn't really be there especially if there's going to be people in the crowd that, that are going to feel offended by, of course. by some of them and if, I mean some of them is sort of banterish and it's not you know it's not as bad or it's not as say it's not as offensive um, but yeah some of it can be um, and it's some of it's based on people's viewpoints how Perhaps how sensitive people could be, or how people perceive some of that. Um, but like I said, I think it's, there's always going to be that there. But society is sort of growing, and they're, yeah. they're sort of developing and, and being educated. And um, and I think I think the going like going to a football match now, things have definitely changed from when I was probably 20 years ago when yeah. I was a kid. And and the consensus in the crowd is much more family based. I think, and I think a lot of big clubs do that really well. I think they really push that, especially like the Nottingham clubs. 
been to both of them the last couple of seasons. Yeah. And it's all about they want as many people down as possible, but it's a family atmosphere. So, you know, they don't want um, segregated chanting. Um, you know, it even used to get sexist chants as well. Yeah. Whereas you probably won't get as many women down to football as women spectators. So even that's changed, which is good. Well, yeah, I mean, I can still remember when they, in, you know, in the early days of the first female lines person. Yeah. And they had a horrible chance. Yeah. But obviously, as you say, that while those comments were broad, if you were a player on that pitch who was gay and you're thinking, well, this is the kind of comments they're just making in general, yeah. if they find out, that's all, you know, what kind of things are they going to throw at me? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, there's been situations where players that have, people have thought might be gay or, you know, I yeah. think Graham Lasso in particular, because he, I think, because he was considered an intellectual, yeah, he was then, you know, he got loads of homophobic abuse. Yeah. And I think Sol Campbell did as well for a time. Yeah. You know, so, and this is, you know, you know, whatever their um, sexuality is, they certainly hadn't come out about their sexuality. Yeah. And even then, they just the, the abuse they got just on an assumption. I mean, and it paints back to a time of football, <clears throat> what you know, attitude in terms of, you know, oh, look, Graham is so clever. Yeah. You must be gay yeah. type attitude yeah. of that sort of, well, I guess, working men's sort of approach. Again, fortunately, society's moved on a bit. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully from that. So, um, so you you've been at the club three years. Did you yeah. say nine? You're a player. You're a player. Yeah, at the club. Player, yeah. Do you are you do you play as well? Are you, yeah, I play. Yeah. yeah, I try to play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> getting on a bit, but um, yeah, now I play predominantly in goal at the minute. Okay, cool. He uh, tries. He tries to play in goal. goal yeah. you good, good defence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing you've been getting some good results, so from what I've seen on you. Yeah, we've had yeah we've had a good season. I think yeah. a lot of it was down to the recruitment last year. Yeah, um, we we banded really well together as a team this year as well. With all yeah, with the new players and older players, this year more than the others I've been there, we've all really come together uh, as kind of one mind on the pitch. Yeah, and we we help out help each other out a lot, like on the pitch and and off the pitch which kind of makes it better for us to play with each other because we know what people are going through yeah. if we're going through anything. And it's just one mind on the pitch. It's just been working really well for us this season. We're hoping to finish off the season strongly. Yeah. With our final um, um, final league game. Uh, not this weekend, the weekend after. Yeah. In Edinburgh. Uh-huh. Which, yeah. Which will be fun. And then our league sort of goes into like a Champions League style knockout after that. Okay. The league's, it's, it's, it's changed the season just to make it a bit more interesting. It's kind of like the, what they do in the States. I think, yeah, I think like yeah. Oh, and I think they do it in the rugby as well, don't they? Yeah. They go to like a China competition. Yeah. yeah. So we, we've tried that for the first time cool. this year. The league's changed structure a little bit. Um, just just to shake it up a bit make it a bit more interesting. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, and no, I think uh, we were struggling recruitment-wise a couple of years ago. The club started to not sort of go downhill but I think it needed a bit of injection of um, a, a, yeah a bit, a bit of youth and then a bit of I mean we have a committee that organise that organise and sort of manage, manage the club um, and we I think we sort of we had a new committee where three or four new people came in with a bit of impetus and we, and we tried to get it on the right track again and funding's always a, an issue for us to try and secure whether it's sponsorship or grants yeah. it's actually quite difficult to get about that stuff 
um, and then just organisation as well um, and recruitment. Like I say, was the biggest thing. We you know we sort of lacking in members and players, and we had to start um, just getting out there on the internet and trying to get bring players in. Um, the challenge was obviously the first thing we'd say is we're a club looking for players. Players a message or asking or email or whatever. And then the problem was, oh, can I have some back, back, background about your club? And we say, well, we don't know we're a gay friendly club, but you know we're catered for everyone and we're just about the football. And then you probably get well, nine out of ten people there would you not hear from again. Yeah. And you get the odd one that go, oh, that sounds absolutely brilliant. I love that. Um, and they come along and you sort of you always think, okay, what's their background? And, you, and when we've had people come along that um, that aren't gay, that are either straight or bi or whatever the what, you know whatever. Um, and it's been a bit more refreshing the last year or two to have a few of those people because not only is their mindset great and makes everyone else feel at ease um, you also see that society's moving on yeah. and people don't care because it's not about that um, and also they you know, they come along and I, I think they sort of think that sometimes there's preconceptions there and they say when they come along they don't realise they don't sort of know what it's going to be like or you know how competitive it's going to be and they're actually quite surprised how competitive it is um, how fast it can be on the pitch still and how passionate we are as players but then also the you know the surprise how close we all we all are as well as a as a club, um, and how sort of disciplined we are as well. You know we have matches and we're not throwing abuse at people. Yeah. You're not you have arguments with the referees or whatever or you know you, you feed stuff back, but it's not some of the stuff you see in local leagues. They can see some pretty bad yeah. things said. You know we, we're quite disciplined, don't we? Um, we get a lot of referees like refereeing our games because of that they don't you know they're still competitive like I say they don't get any of that sort of targeted abuse or that, that rubbish that doesn't need to be a part of the sport mm-hmm. um, so like I say because I think we've had that injection of new people the last year or so um, we've got some uh, some different types of players in um, and we've just like you was, Robbie was saying we've just gelled more as a team this season and we've had a, um, a new manager take over as well who's sort of doing his proper co- FA coaching badges so it's a project for him and that's really helped us sort of focus on the pitch um, and develop and, and learn more as footballers. Um, and uh, yeah, the main probably sort of two reasons why we've sort of competed a lot more this year. And on the back of that, we've had a couple more players that are actually, I mean, probably pushing semi-pro that are coming to play as well. So it's a sort of attracted, uh, you know. So you're attracting, quality, you know, quality players. And yeah, yeah. But still keeping our, you know, our sort of core members and. <coughs> Yeah, our, our qualities and, and the personality of the club. That's it, yeah. Still making sure that everybody gets to play. Uh, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are, if you turn up to training and show that you're actually trying to do something, then you you'll be guaranteed to be playing games. As for me, I think um, playing games that's just the best way to develop yourself as a player. Training's good. But you need the actual yeah. on the pitch um, in a game scenario to get your head around how it works and to help you improve. Like um, we we had a we've got someone playing for us who played his first game on Saturday. 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 Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Just gone. Sunday. <laughs> um, he's been coming to training a lot and he's been developing and training. But just looking at him, we didn't realise how much he had actually develop while we until we saw him on the pitch and personally I think he had a cracking game mm. and it's a it's a key thing isn't it because you know when you're talking about you know this level of, of football if people are doing this it's they're doing it as a sort of, as enjoyment as fun as a hobby to a degree most of them probably working 
you know, full, you know, jobs all week and yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's if they aren't getting any game time, there's it's not you know it's not like sort of professional football. It's their career. If yeah. you know you you want people to be enjoying it and happy. Yeah. Grant, you know, obviously not everyone can play every week, but you want like you said, if people are, as long as people are willing to come down, put the shift in, have the right attitude, then you know you want them to enjoy it, and they're not going to enjoy it if they never get to play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's it. You know, it's, it's, I think that you get a bit sometimes some of these sort of Sunday clubs and things I mean I've seen some of them getting a little bit too serious over it and I know everyone wants to win and when you're on that pitch it is serious and it is competitive Yeah. but as I say you've got to remember that people are are taking time out of pretty busy lives to do that and if they're willing to put you know it's one thing if they're just turning up and strolling around doing nothing but if they're putting a shift in they deserve to get something out yeah. of that effort yeah, yeah. Um, I, played, I played for a couple of local clubs before I played for the Nottingham Lions um, and it was it was annoying because I'm not a bad player but I'd go along and there'd be either players that aren't, <laughs> aren't to that standard or um, or it might be a case of the, they're already in this sort of core squad and I'd go every Sunday and go training in the week and I'd go every Sunday to the match and wait my turn and I think one of them I waited 12, 14 matches or something I got a couple of sub-appearances those weeks when I was turning up ready to go and there was players that were playing that were completely hungover, completely not shouldn't have even been playing football, um, that I could see thinking I'd be ten times better than them today because, you know, then they're not Just mentally not right. Yeah, or whatever. Um, or they're injured or whatever. But they'd be playing because they've got their little core team. And I'd I guess got a bit sick of it, went somewhere else, tried again, got the same thing. Um, and then I suppose the other thing with the Nottingham Lions is is um, we do have the league we're playing we have the cup we're playing we organise a lot of friendlies as well and we try and organise friendlies at different levels so we've got some that are more challenging and we might get smashed 5 or 6 nil, but it's good for development Yeah. and there's somewhere we're playing um, another team that might be an amateur team they've just started out just been um, uh, you know they've only just come into existence locally and they just want some friendlies to get going and have a practice and we'll play teams like that that are perhaps um, at a lower level um, and it gives our some of our players the opportunity then to develop into play as well. Yeah. So I think it's different. We probably don't highlight enough highlight that enough really as a club how much we offer that. We try and do a bit of both. We have you might say an A and a B team a little bit, but we'll always try and cater and let everyone let everyone play. Yeah. No matter their ability, and we do have I suppose the, the mix of quality in terms of some of the games that we play, um, and even within the league that we're playing, that even though we're competitive, there's teams in there that are you know. A, perhaps a lesser quality of football and are still just starting out so again it's good because those teams might show up week in week out and be losing but at the end of the match you're shaking hands you're still saying look I've come out and played football I've enjoyed it we've not had any arguments there's not been any silly abuse or anything like that we've just come play football and no matter how good or bad it is or how many goals anyone scored it's like I say it's, it's still sport it's still getting involved and participating Yeah. Um, still better than being in watching the telly um, and like I said, I think we probably don't shout about that enough, like how much we sort of offer as a club. Yeah. Even people that, when they first come, you know, don't have a clue about football. Yeah. And six months later, they're one of our better players. <laughs> and they've just learned so much and they've, they've done things they never thought they could. So that's that's a really big plus, a uh, really big positive that, that comes out of the club, really. Cool. Excellent. So, uh, as I was saying a minute ago, obviously, you, you've been there three years. Yeah. So, and uh, what... So, had you been playing for other clubs 
yeah, before um, that? I moved to Nottingham to be with my partner. I'm originally from Leeds. Right. And I played for a few straight teams. I had the same problem as Andrew with going to a team and just being a core group of people yeah, who were friends see. from You're school. the outsider. And I was there. Yeah, I was the outsider. I, I think the whole time I was there, I was there for a whole season and I saw 15 minutes on the pitch in the whole time. I, got, I went to training and everything like that and I just saw 15 minutes. And to be fair, I wasn't really fond of the people anyway. So throwing homophobic it slows about constantly. Like, I don't know. What's the point of me being here? Yeah. And there's that type of abuse flying about and I'm I'm not playing. So I ended up joining my friend from college's team and they were just an absolutely cracking bunch of lads. And they had the core core team, but that didn't really matter. It was it's kinda of like here, put the shift in, you're gonna get time. And I put the shift in and I started playing. They had um, like two free teams. So you were guaranteed to play. Yeah regardless um, but if you got if you got to the point where the coach saw how much you developed and you get bumped up a team um, and while I was playing for them I, I'd just come out as gay just before and um, so while I was playing for them I just decided to just tell them all it's like yeah I'm gay um, I'm still me and I just carried on playing um, none of them had a problem with it. We all still went out, got, got absolutely hammered, had a good laugh, and played football together. And it, it then ended up leaving that team to move to Nottingham and just dropped in with these bunch just, of reprobates. Yeah. You got stuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> Never getting rid of me. No, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, how did you sort of discover the club then when you came to Nottingham? Was it. And so my boyfriend is friends with the captain of the right, football okay. team. So I got introduced to him and then I just kind of... He tried to put you off, didn't he, I think? Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> oh, Don't yeah. come down, you sound annoying. Yeah, you won't like none of them. The person who's soon to be goalkeeper, he's quite irritating. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I ended up just coming along to training and got introduced to everybody. At the start of the sessions as well, they will go around in a circle where anybody new introduce ourselves um, to to them, and we, with anybody new that turns up, it's it's a real good experience because you're made to feel welcome by everyone straight away. Even the I'm gonna put this the more irritating people in the club, <laughs> <laughs> My, myself and. Him included. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but you just made to feel welcome instantly, and nobody, nobody will have a go at you for your ability. If if you never played football before, people there, everybody there will try to encourage you to to do your best, and it's just fantastic. And I saw that from my first session, and I just thought, yeah, I, I want to stay at this club. They all, they all seem absolutely lovely and I can see myself playing here for a long time I think you can see even just listening to you talking then and just the difference between that sort of first club you played for and just the sort of you know even even outside of the kind of comments they were making but just the fact that there weren't a group of people 
welcoming group and people get and the difference between coming to a club, like you say, and it's you know, it's not about that's not about the quality on the pitch, not about joining the best team, it's about joining the team you feel most welcome in and yeah. comfortable and then and because again, this is you know, this you're playing mainly for enjoyment and fun, and you want to win your matches because that's more enjoyable, but. Even if you win a match, if you're winning a match in a team where you're not getting on with anyone, you're going to be more miserable than if you're getting hammered in a team where you do. I mean, I, I used to play Sunday morning football when I first left school, and we were terrible. We got thumped most weeks. But we all went straight to the bar afterwards, had a drink, had a laugh. You know, sometimes the other, if it was a away game, you'd, you'd get back to the pub with the team you played against. Yeah. And that was it. You did, yeah. It didn't matter. You had fun. You know, you yeah. had a laugh on the pitch. You, you know, you give, give each other a bit of stick when they make a mistake and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. I you know, blame everyone for the goals. But, yeah. Yeah. but like I said, that was more enjoyable than being in a team. I mean, the players you kind of least got on with are the ones that took it too seriously. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> particularly yeah, when think, you are part of a rubbish team. Yeah, I mean, even we we have that sometimes, but you know, we've got we've got players that are the more competitive ones. Uh, there's some that will come from other clubs, perhaps, perhaps a bit, you know, semi-pro clubs or or similar. Um, and sometimes they, you can see the frustration there. Um, but at the same time, they do come along and they'll, and they'll try and help and develop players, um, or they might help out with the coaching or whatever. Um, but again, I think that's why the club's good because it's it's got that mix. You can have some real, you know, some games where you're you're playing good teams and, and you can be really competitive. And then there's other times when you're, you know, we're just having a friendly just to see how both teams are sort of developing and experimenting and, and going out and, and yeah. playing, and people can just show what they can do. Um, and then the other side of it, I mean, we have people come in and play football and decide they're not natural footballers or just decide they're not, you know, they don't enjoy it, but they're, they're still there, um, being involved with the club on a social level. Which is really good as well because again, um, you know, it's it's not just all about the football. Um, it's, it's it's a bigger sort of family club, if you like. Um, and some of those people like have been around for years and haven't played a game, but you know they'll come along and watch, and then they'll come to the pub yeah. after or well, that sort of thing. Um, no, another good thing is where you were saying um, sometimes clubs, you know, you go to the pub after and you never laugh at them um, because our our leagues. Um, it's only got so many teams at the minute, and it's still it's still it's it's steadily growing, but it is a national league, so it can be difficult sometimes. But if we go to away games, yeah, I mean we play Edinburgh and Glasgow, probably the furthest away, um, but um, it, it's structured so you don't have to do that too often. Um, but when we do do go up, we'll go up for a weekend and we'll organise some uh, accommodation, um, we'll organise travel, um, and we'll do it. We'll subsidise it as well, so it's it's you know it's it's. Financially, players are able to go and yeah. to get involved. We'll go and play for the team. They know we've made the effort going up, so they'll they'll make us feel welcome. They'll make sure um, we're playing at a good venue. They'll make sure there's there's food or whatever, a bit of food or something after, which is normally like one of your local sponsors organised for you or subsidised. Um, and then even like I say, if we're staying over and we're on a night out, they say meet us, meet us wherever. You know, we'll all go out. We'll show you around. It's our city. You know, we want to yeah. show it off a bit. Um, and and you end up getting to know them on a different level then. Um, and it might be someone you swore at on the pitch early in the day, but then you end up having a laugh with and buying them a drink later on. Yeah, um, yeah which is absolutely fantastic. And even the next day when you're leaving, they're, they're dropping your message on Facebook, get back okay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so it, again, it's just, 
it's, it's just different. Like when I joined, I didn't expect that. Yeah, so it's it's a different type of league and it's a different type of sort of football club, but for all the right reasons. Yeah. Um, I yeah, and I don't think I was worried when people come into the club think, well, that's a bit different or that's a bit you know um, that's a lot of commitment. Yes. But I'm surprised how many people do come in and do love that. I mean, we're up in Edinburgh in a couple of weeks and we've got like I think twenty five or something people coming up. Thirty. Um, huh? Thirty. Thirty people coming up. And some spectators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Some are spectators, some are coming up to play. Some are coming up knowing they might not play, but they still want to get involved, whether it be socially or whatever. Um and that's you know, that's that's how much it's that's how much the club's evolved. Yeah. Um, and again it's offering more than just football out there to people as well. And it's like you say, it's definitely different because I imagine a lot of the players are coming from sort of Sunday League teams and things like that where they're playing in you know, like the knots, Sunday morning leagues. Yeah. So, you know, a tri- a, tr- a long away game is Newark or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So to then suddenly find that you're going to be playing in Glasgow, yeah, that's quite a change, but yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, Because yeah. like, there's not many teams playing that, that kind of foot level of football yeah. will have those opportunities, you know, yeah. other than arranging sort of a tournament or something yeah. away. Yeah. So to have that opportunity is pretty cool. Obviously, I guess the flip side of it is, you know, people that have got in terms of you know jobs, families, and things like that. It's obviously it's a bit more difficult than just yeah. going down the local, uh, you know, the local park to play on a Sunday morning yeah. match yeah. or an half hour away away match, half an hour away. Obviously, like you said, it it does become. Um, logistically and commitment yeah. wise it's a bigger deal which yeah, I guess yeah. you have to make sure these people are, you know people got the right commitment yeah. and I guess it's not every week is it like you say they try and yeah and, um, and schedule it well yeah the matches I'd say the matches are probably two probably every two weeks on average throughout the season um, not, because there's not as that as many teams in the league but like I say that's why we've restructured the league this season we have a couple of competitions as well and then like I say we do we do all the friends around that yeah. as well. Um, I mean, some players will do more of the home games because it's easy to get to, which is, which is fair enough. We always try and encourage to come along when we're going to away games as well, just for you know, just for numbers, just so we can put a squad out, which used to be more of a problem a couple of years ago. But like I say, with the additional members now, um, it's never a problem. Some of the home games, we have too many players. Um, and it's a case of sometimes we say, have a break this week. Um, and again, most people are happy with that. Yeah, so they'll still come along and support, you know. Um, and then when we've not got matches, we've got training. We we organise. Uh, we run a five aside, um, uh, a five aside event on Tuesday nights as well. Um, so again, people can sort of pick and choose what they want to do. Sometimes people will come along for weeks on end because it's January and they want to get the fitness back. Um, and then sometimes people will pop in because they've got work commitments, whatever. Um, and they'll just pop in now and again and play the old yeah. game or come to training. So. Um, but again, it you know the club offers that. Yeah, that's what it's there for, really. So that's why it's you know that's why it's so good, I suppose. Yeah, with the tournaments as well, we're also going on a tournament this year to Dusseldorf with the Eurogear Games. We we attended one last year in Rome, and we didn't do spectacular. We lost two games, drew one and won one, so we didn't end up getting through to the knockout stages. But just while we were out there, we all just came together as as a club, as a group of friends, 
we had an amazing time out there and the memories that we've got with each other yeah just amazing so the committee decided to do it again this year in Dusseldorf and the big turnout for that again yeah, yeah. Um, so with the tournaments we, we do travel quite a way yeah yeah um, but it's always it's always a good laugh and we just do what we can to yeah. try and make everybody feel welcome and um, we had one player um, at the start of last season the pre pre-season friendly we travelled to Dublin for a friendly so we were out there for a few days yeah and there were a player who he'd come to training once or twice never played a game and he might not have actually ever been to training um, but he, he literally he came to Dublin uh, played played his first game and he he, he had he had quite a decent game and he realised what the club's about about what I was talking about earlier about being friends and family and he's, he's still with us now I'll try getting rid of him but it won't work <laughs> excellent and that again that I mean I imagine not many of you would have ever imagined you would get to play a football tournament abroad. Yeah, you know, because yeah. you know the Euro Games is it happens every year, um, and I think I think the Lions used to go down again. Um, they did one in uh, Berlin. Uh, yeah, Berlin was just before I. Um, I think I'd arrived there actually, but I wasn't too sure, um, and I had other commitments, so I, I didn't go along. But um, I think there was probably twelve, fourteen players went out. Um, it. Um, they put a squad out and they competed um, and I had I think they were there for a good four or five days and it was brilliant and everyone came out and said it was great um, the year after we didn't and then the year after that was Rome which is now was so 2019 last year um, and Rome was I think we had almost 30 people there in either playing or just socially um, and it was brilliant some people went over to Venice first then went over to Rome um, but in Rome we had one big sort of apartment block that we all shared um, we had a roof terrace that uh, it was pretty much every night we'd all go up there for drinks um, and it was just, it was just so good. It was just, um, as like I say, just as a family, it was great. Like you got to know people more than ever. Um, no one didn't get on, and it was just, I don't know, it was just so nice just to go and have so many people smiling. Um, yeah. And there were some really good memories. And at the same time, we're out there and played three or four matches against teams from I think France. Um, I think it was a USA team there. Um, Germany, there was teams from all over the place. There's three or four teams from the UK that we know as well. Um, and, and so you're just playing these random players. And again, it got quite competitive, but at the end of the game, you're getting to know people from God knows where, which was sort of really cool in a way. Yeah. It was just different. Um, and then you'd see them on, you know, you go out that night in Rome and you'd see them out and about. They put on other like social events and stuff as well. Um, and at the end of it, they had a bit of a ceremony and some awards and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it, it's, it's huge. It seems to grow every year. There's thousands of people there, um, and like I said, I've never known like a football club sort of going, go and do something like that. Um, and at the same time, we're subsidising travel and we're subsidising the accommodation. The club's organising most like a lot of that, yeah, for people, um, and so people can actually go for you know what's a ridiculously good price. Um, and it's just I don't know, it's it's just different. It's it's really good. And then on the back of that. Rome last year, this year we're going to Dusseldorf, as Robbie said. Um, and again, it's, we've just been on a date with people that want to go because Rome was so good.
Yeah. And now there's just there's not just even people, friends of the club that want to come, that don't play football, but they just they want to go because it's such yeah. a big thing. Um, and it's it's Wednesday to Sunday, um, and again, just should be really really good. Like everyone is so looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to be more crazy as well while we're out there. I'm pretty sure it's Euro Pride in Dusseldorf the same yeah. week it's, it's like that sort of as the Euro course, games. So that that's yeah. that's going to be such a yeah, good laugh. Probably quite, well. Yeah, probably quite busy. I know. Ken, it's like it's like you got like you know you know that dream. Any kid that follows football, has yeah, you know you're living it a bit there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Dream of playing Definitely. football yeah. abroad and yeah, you know what you're saying for that. Being that kind of event is such a big party, and you know, it's yeah, um, they're really well organized as well. I mean, it's organized year in advance, everything's online, so you can register everything online. Um, and when, like I said, when you get there, you, you know, you've got massive sporting facilities, they're huge, yeah, they're pretty much rented out for these things. I mean, it's not just football as well, there's I think it's like 40 different sports there people get involved in. Oh, cool, um, yeah. so it's, it's just like a gay Olympics, yeah, yeah, <laughs> love it, yeah, um, yeah, it's really well organized, but. Um, I think, like I said, I think the difference in Rome was there was, like I say, there's 30 people. I think probably 20 of them are gay or bi, and there's 10 that are, that are straight-ish, something like that. And and there's quite a big ratio there. Um, but like that again, sort of never comes into it. It's just no one cared. One was all there, didn't yeah. have a laugh. No one cares about people's background. It was just about playing football and being with people that you know that just respect everyone. Um, and that's again, that's you know one of the, the good things that come out of the club, really. Yeah. You know, there's there's no and that, preconceptions there. So obviously, you know, it's it's always important for for players to to at least get on. I mean, no one expects every player in the football team to be yeah necessarily be mates. But yeah. you know, even playing a Sunday morning, you know, you need to be able to to get on to agree. But even if you're going to be going and travelling, you know, around the country or abroad and spending a week together or yeah. whatever. Then, it's it's so important because you don't want you know you don't want tensions and you don't want yeah. I mean I know I know obviously any group of people even best mates you know even if two best mates go on holiday there's a good chance over yeah. a few days it's not all going to yeah. be yeah. rosy but you know you need to know that level of respect and you know camaraderie yeah. ships there and it's not it's not going to be going to be a tense occasion for the most part. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. You know. I think that's why Rome was so good. It was just everything. Everyone was just so chilled. Yeah, we went and played football. Rome, we didn't get the results we wanted. <laughs> yeah. Came away a bit like yeah. gutted, and I mean, you know, it was it, it was really hot as well when we was out there. Yeah, so it was tough. Yeah, I didn't want to leave. There was a few tempers frame, but when you went out at night and everyone got back together and got refreshed, it was you know it was just great. The guys that hadn't been to play football were cooking masses amount of food mm-hmm. for us, which is real. And then we'd all be going out and having a drink together and then going out and, and I mean we're right near we're in the centre of Rome yeah so you'd be out in the middle of Rome around this amazing architecture with 30 people um, and like I say it was just at that point everyone's getting on everyone's smiling I guess the, that brilliant. sort of area is just like a party isn't it like you said it's like yeah. an Olympics yeah, that's and it, yeah. almost like an I mean, Olympic village type yeah we had the Colosseum there and we were just <laughs> drinking away in the street with awesome. random people from God knows where we're chatting to <laughs> um, some, some people from Germany were chatting to and then Someone else was from like down the road in, in Derby. It happened to be there doing something else. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And again, for a club to offer that is you know that is like I say it's quite unique. I mean, that those kind of opportunities or you know you can memories that you're gonna have yeah, that come yeah, from football yeah, yeah. that came from football. Like I say that you you probably you know you was club you were playing for before 
you know, probably just playing local. Yeah. yeah I imagine you very little consideration that you met one day for a football tournament in Rome, you know, one of the most famous football cities yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah. 1990 World Cup. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Incredible. So what what's what do you see sort of the the plans off the club going forward, the future? Obviously it sounds like after a sort of a bit of a dip that it's on on quite an upper over the, the last few years, or yeah. last couple of years. Um, I think re- recruitment's always going to be there because players want to go, so that's always a focus. Yeah. Um, financially as well, it's it's trying to, and the club's been financially stable for the last couple of years, which is a bit of a, probably not a first, but you know, it's, relief. Been, it's put more relief, yeah. Yes. Um, which is good because that's the biggest thing. Great. It uh, gives you something to build on, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, especially. Takes the pressure away. Yeah, and because we're not in the local. FA affiliated leagues, it could be quite difficult because right, I'm okay, yeah. from the FA, so that's quite a tough thing for us. Um, so yeah, to sort of maintain that is is good. Um, I think I think for us the position we're in is good. Uh, we have looked at sort of local leagues as well, and trying to compete on a different level. Um, partly to take some of this sort of travelling away, partly to offer competitive football in a in a different sort of scenario. As yeah, well. that's something we've looked at whether we we go into that or not. Um, there are other teams like us, for instance, uh, Manchester have three teams because they've got so many members. Um, and uh, I think two of their main teams play in local leagues and local clubs um, because they want more football more regularly. Um, so that's something we might look at, you know, if people want that. Um, and then I think other than that, just, just carrying on as, as we are really, just existing, trying to get a name out there, um, doing, you know, do, doing the sort of media stuff that we do, that we get, we get a bit of attention from. Um, I just just keep trying to offer football for all um, consistently, no matter what people's background and what they, yeah. how much they want to get involved with it. I think, like you said, they're key, and I think one of the things you said was possibly um, caught, you know, led to the sort of um, spell they had a while ago. Is this that thing about, isn't it, about keeping um, the momentum and keeping the energies and that going? Yeah. And what's one of the reasons why you need to keep the sort of cycle of people coming in and out because you know as again it's it's a lot of work a lot of hard work it's great fun but mostly people doing that hard work are or doing that around lot lots of other yeah. things jobs yeah, and things like that and it is difficult to keep that going and you do need that sort of impetus of, of fresh involvement fresh ideas fresh yeah. faces because um, you, you can you see you, you same people it can sort of sink into a, a rut to a degree it needs people to come in with fresh ideas yeah and, you know yeah a bit of energy and things like that, just to lift everyone yeah up. yeah um i think for in the long run as well in terms of society it would be good that like one day we wouldn't have to be sort of labeled i say labeled or i don't know if that's the right word but as a, as a gay club it, it could just be a football club yeah and again the idea long run is yeah, I guess it, yeah. It, I suppose at the moment though, there are still pe- a lot of people out there that that wouldn't necessarily feel welcome just going along to um, club. I mean, you you you've had you've seen both. I think you've seen a welcoming and an unwelcoming club. Yeah. And I know it is probably better now, but there was a lot. There will still be a lot of people. I imagine, you know, uh, whether they're gay, bisexual, that would maybe go along to club and keep themselves hidden yeah. to a degree and just not feel fully part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess 
while you know at the moment and that uh, you know that sort of um, label as you, you call it is still important it's still and and that is you know in football is a wider size what yeah. we we're talking about is why is you know the last few years we've seen you know both the clubs have now got you know not inclusive now got LGBT um, oh, fan, fans groups fans groups yeah. and I know the guys that started the Knots County one yeah and I know there's there's one at Forest and I think Panthers have have got one and things yeah. like that and that's I mean obviously that a lot of that is just about well making people feel welcome uh, uh, that uh, in a, within a sport that does still have a, a quite imposing yeah atmosphere for, yeah for, it's still considered sort of it's still a lot of old fashioned sort of from the particularly from the arts I like to say it's got it's so much better now it is a much more family yeah. and you know I've been to games I've heard the odd comment and it's a Peter one one of the one things that I think stands out most not so much just that the clubs will stamp down on it but I've heard you know homophobic and racist comments at football and the crowd have turned and dealt have dealt with it yeah you know that's a huge change that's it it's not just that the stewards or yeah because it's been picked up in the media but the you know and we've seen this i know where there's been a few incidences of football matches of racism cropping up it probably hasn't never gone away it's yeah but it is and i've seen you know fans of the club you know reporting the people and putting and yeah. that more that is probably the most important thing because at the end of the day the clubs can do as much as they want but if the fans don't progress and move yeah. forward that ultimately the fans the fans are the ones that are in the crowd the fans are the ones that are going to be make are going to be chanting and yeah you know and even if it's not um homophobic or racist chanting they can it can still be chanting that can make it quite clear you're not welcome at that club yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's it. You become the scapegoat yeah. for no other reason than, you know, you've you've been open about your sexuality yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you know, that's it. They, if they want to, the fans would find a way to make their feelings clear without going outside of what's deemed yeah. acceptable. Yeah. And but the fact that at least feels like that. Yeah. yeah and and not necessarily in some parts of the world but we've obviously there's still massive yeah. issues around it. Yeah. You have to question what some of those fans sort of are doing at football about because they're not supporting their club. No. Really. That doesn't just... help your club by throwing abuse at people. That's I'm, sort of yeah. I don't know what it is, it's, it's showing emotion in a way that they shouldn't. But you sort of wonder, well you're not really supporting your club, are you? You're just causing havoc yeah. and you're just causing issues or whatever. And that's not you know, supporting the club is going and singing your club's name and, yeah. and singing those chants that are neutral but are about the club and you just want yeah. to I mean, it's, team too well you know, it's, and encourage your team on it's, so. it's quite it's fine to throw a bit of stick if someone makes a mistake isn't it or you know yeah, you does that. a nasty challenge on one of your players or yeah. you know even scores a goal against you but yeah. they, you keep it about the football yeah because that's what it know? should be it should be just about the football <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's perfectly fine to give a bit of stick to your rivals yeah. yeah but you can do again you can do that yeah but there's plenty of ways yeah. to do that without you know taking it. it to yeah, and like I say, it's changing. It's probably, you know, 20, 30 years ago, 89% of people would chant with other people that were chanting certain things. Mm. Whereas now, 80, 90% of people are calling it out. Yeah. Because the peer pressure suddenly swung. Um, and it's, you know, it's not there as much. Um, mm. But you still get it a little bit. And that's why, like our club, the Nottingham Lions is so important still. Um, even um, like um, our Manchester counterparts have had in, you know, in, in local leagues that they played in this year. 
are still having issues where they're getting stuff said to them during yeah. matches that is targeted towards them for who they are, not because they're just playing football, they're being competitive or they've had a bad challenge, it's stuff that's being said on a personal level, yeah. which isn't fair because it's not about that. And no. those people that were saying that were put in the situation where they're in the minority, but they really like that. They can't yeah. see that because they're not in the minority. The, the and, trouble is, is that they try and if you try and sort of confront them about it, they just they just fob it off, don't they? It's, oh, it's it's just about trying to psych you out, or it's just playing a mental game. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's, that's what. Yeah. And you do hear that you just say, "Oh, footballers will say anything to each other to try and get, yeah, you know, to try and win the match." It's yeah. like, you don't do that. Yeah. You don't. You know, we all want to do well in our jobs, but we don't. You don't. Yeah. You don't try and get a promotion by. You know, yeah, going underhanded tech or yeah. something. But you know, by abusing someone yeah. in that way, you don't in a personal yeah. way. You, you you do it by being better at the job. Yeah, better on the pitch. Yeah, and in, in football and local league, at the end of the day, what are you achieving? Well, yeah, you yeah. might you might win a medal or you might win a cup if you win the league or whatever. Um, but you're not. There's no there's no financial reward there. No, or, you're just you know, showing yourself up to be a bit of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. That's like I say, it's sort of that lack of. Perhaps education, really, that you know, it's it's still needed, uh, but it's it's slowly getting there. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, again, what we talked about at the beginning, I think it's, I think the whole issue around, um, gay openly gay players is is becoming almost a mill around its own neck now. I think it's being made into such a big thing. It's actually harder than it maybe was five six years ago for a player to come out. Because there's almost this, I mean, there was a recent, I don't know if you saw it, there was a recent Twitter account of a player that was doing sort of a countdown. Oh, to, so yeah, to coming to out, coming uh, out. The championship player. I think, it, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, we have no idea whether that, was how legitimate that was, but they, they sort of, they backed down at the last minute. Now, they could have been genuinely bottled it at the last minute. That's perfectly, you know. We, lots of us bottle things for lots of reasons of, you know, which would be much more less, you know, we all bottle it for things where we aren't going to have the entire world's press yeah. paying attention to you. I mean, it might have been a trolling account, but just the stuff around that, and it's, and you know, you get tons and tons of comments, who cares? We, we quite clearly know a lot of people still care, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's important if, if nobody cared, it wouldn't be the, the, the deal it was, would it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. But, um, so I'm going to wrap up soon. I didn't want to ask this at the beginning of the show because I didn't want to cause any problems, but obviously you two both play football. Yeah. I'm assuming you both follow football and you've mentioned going to football, so who do you support? <laughs> oh, God. Kept, kept my cards close to my chest, haven't I? <laughs> um, I'm a Forest fan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Nottingham born and bred. Um, my dad used to take me as a kid and I've had season ticket for a few years and then now um, I don't go every week because of work commitments and whatever but I'll yeah. go when I can um, and always you know always followed them really. so up the reds okay yeah being from Leeds <laughs> I'm an absolute traitor I'm a Manchester United fan oh so, so yeah so up the proper reds I didn't know that <laughs> how could you not know that I know you never were there you've, you've never known, been a kid you've, you've known I turned up to training for the first two years in a Man United <laughs> kit I can't remember that <laughs> Need to borrow some Just so I didn't bring it up at the beginning. <laughs> it'll, it'll change now, though. It'll be Liverpool. It? Oh, God, hell no. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I, th- I think we spotted a Notts County badge on one of your on Facebook yes, or something. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a Notts County, I'm a Notts County fan. Yeah. So, oh, yes, yeah, I had the yeah. Christmas bauble thing up, yeah. Oh, it might be, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I think I was just trying to find out. They look at the contact details. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that. me. Yeah, so. we wasn't too sure if he was here or not. So found you on Facebook. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> okay, he's a Notts County fan. Shall we leave? <laughs> yeah, there's not too much rivalry then. Like Man, Man United yeah. are sort of like mid mid table now, aren't they? So not really anything to do with us. We're we're struggling. That we might be pushing promotion this year. Yeah, we're not having a bad season. Are you? Yeah. I don't I don't know if we're quite there, but we'll see by the end of the season. Um, and you guys have sort of gone the wrong direction, which yeah, is a shame well, to see. Yeah, we're non-league now. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame to see because I've been I've been county a few times, um, and it's such a I don't know, it's, it's it's a very family-run club, yeah. and it's huge. I mean, look at the size of the stadium for non-league; it's mad. Yeah, they, they, they shouldn't be down there, and for the first club that was ever you know, ever existed. Yeah, hundred and fifty-seven years in the league. Yeah, we expect <laughs> them to be one of the one of the top clubs, and but I think it's, it's bad, you know, been badly run, on by numerous owners owners on numerous occasions. Yeah. Unfortunately, but hopefully, so. I mean, not far off the season. No, we we were pushing in and around the playoff areas. So yeah, they they do the weird playoffs in the non-league. So they do top goes up, then the second and third kind of get buys. Yeah, through to the sort of semi-finals of the playoffs, and then the next four down, they play, and yeah. then the two yeah. play the. So it's, yeah. it's a bit like the the sort of. Um, Playoffs in the NFL thing where yeah, you get, yeah. depending on where you finish, you get. Which I kind of, I can kind of see. One, it keeps it open because there's only one, two spots. It keeps it yeah. more, more teams involved. Yeah. For the season, because obviously, the less opportunities for playoffs are, the more teams' seasons end earlier. So it keeps that competitiveness going, and I guess it does give an award for finish. There is a benefit to finishing yeah. higher up the table. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. As opposed to just, you know. The only in the normal in the league, it's kind of just you. You get to play if you finish third. You fin you play sixth or whatever. Don't yeah, you? So, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it was a point not so long ago. There was only the top, the top. Sorry. There was only the top team went through. I think it was. Yeah, yeah this it was only recently they changed it to two. Yeah. So yeah. But, yeah, but we'll see. Right. Well, it's been uh, great to chat to you. Actually. I was going to ask quickly where if people are interested because obviously I'm assuming you're always looking for yeah. recruiters and I guess you're also always on the lookout for sponsors and things like that yeah. so the best place to sort of get hold of you if they want to find out more about how to get involved we we do have a a Facebook page for, for our team it's uh, called the Nottingham Lions members and supporters page Um that's always a good place to, to join because, because we, we post our social events yeah. in there. Like if going out for a social event, you know, we'll post in there for if people want to come along and anyone's more than welcome to pop along, see what the club's about and see if they, they think that we're the right group of lads to be hanging about with. Um, so that's one of the places there's... We've actually got... There's a couple of Facebook accounts. There's also like a, a main one, which yeah. is Nottingham Lions FC. That's our sort of main sort of front. Um, but the people can message through any of them, direct messages or, or comment on those. Um, we've got a website, www.nottinghamlions.com. Um, again, people can message through there um, and find out all our details. Um, and I think, uh, I think what else on? I think on Instagram, we do, a bit, we do a bit of social media, but cool. the website, Facebook's the main, yeah. the main sort of ones. And they have to make sure when they do the Facebook, 
do the FC because there's obviously I think Nottingham Lions is also ice hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah one well, of the Panthers. Yeah, that, code UK for the website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that comes up as well. But, yeah, but yeah, um, cool. Yeah. And uh, obviously, where I'm assuming people can come along and watch matches and yeah. things. So yeah. where do you actually play your home games? Uh, yeah. We're at uh, we're at Gresham, um, so. Uh, I think it's called Gresham Fields. Gresham Playing Fields. Gresham Playing Fields. Uh, it's over near Wilford. Okay. And uh, not, the Beckett not, School. Yeah, Nottingham Emanuel School. Oh yeah, yeah. It's over there. Um, and there's some type of play in. Um, I think it's called Rushcliffe. Not yeah. far away as well, but but generally we're basic Gresham. Um, on a forty pitch, um, oh. training matches there normally. Excellent. Yeah, That's again, on the, on the Facebook page. Where, yeah, all your fixtures. Yeah, we put, we put our fixtures on there, like details of kickoff and address for the place, including the postcode. So it's um, we keep everybody in loop of where we're playing yeah. for if they want to come along and have a watch and give us a bit of support. Cool. Um, training Sunday nights, 6 to 8, um, and the matches can vary depending on, again, because we play teams from afar sometimes it, it differs but it's not yeah. Saturday Sunday afternoons generally cool. um, and then like I say we've got uh, Tuesday we do five sides as well uh, up in Arnold oh is that at the play football yes place? that's yeah. the one yeah cool excellent well thank you very much for coming out and having a chat uh, good luck with the rest of the season Thanks. and uh, the tournament so although you know, I'm sure whatever happens at the tournament you can have a great yeah, yeah, well, yeah, great time it. So, a massive thanks to Andy and Robbie there from Nottingham Lions FC for taking time out to chat to us. And uh, as I said before, obviously, this was recorded before the the lockdown and uh, social isolation and distancing, etc. was brought in. So, uh, there's no, obviously no games going on at the moment and the club will obviously be massively affected by that. But do check them out, please. You can find them on Facebook. It's... Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Nottingham Lions FC. Uh, they've also got a website, NottinghamLions.com. Uh, so check them out on there, find out more about it and keep an eye on things. And hopefully, you know, when when everything um, settles down, we, they, then hopefully you might be able to find out more about checking them out. But it was great to chat to them and I really enjoyed that conversation. Um, tackling some interesting subjects obviously again such a key sort of dealing with uh, with homophobia over the years and I think football is such a good mirror on on the sort of wider world in that sense so it was, it was interesting to chat to those guys uh, next week's guests uh, well next week's guest sorry is uh, Damon Mitchell from Luderati Gaming Cafe, which you might know from uh, up on Maid Marion Way. Brilliant little sort of board gaming cafe and do role playing games and things like that. Again, like uh, um, last week's guest, Purple Member, Luderati, like every other sort of venue, is currently 
closed at the moment, although they are doing uh, some online activities, which I've seen, I think, for members and that. I've done some sort of uh, some of the the D and D stuff and that. Um, as a board game enthusiast and recent D and D convert, I really enjoyed chatting to Damon, and uh, so that's a great chat. So check that one out. Uh, beyond that, as I said, we're we're looking at getting some shows lined up to record. Obviously, we're having to to figure out the best ways of doing that, as we're, we're you know we're, they will all be remotely recorded at, at the moment. So we're just figuring out the best way of recording to get the best show for you. Uh, but uh, hopefully we can announce at least uh, one upcoming guest on next week's show. Or either that or we'll put them up on our uh, social media feeds. You know, So you can find us obviously at uh, facebook.com forward slash ngdigital or on Twitter at ngdigitaluk. And of course you can get all episodes of ng meets at ngdigital.podbean.com and at uh, itunes or apple music i think it is now spotify podcast addicts uh, or whichever podcast app you are using so thanks again for joining us um please stay safe please stay in as much as you can again massive massive uh, thanks to all those key workers at this moment and you know i just want to send a, a message out to everyone out there listening who is dealing with this you know it's tough for everyone it's unprecedented you know no one saw this coming even a couple of months or even a few months ago and at the moment we just don't know how long this is going to go on for Look after yourselves. Remember, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And, you know, let's get through this. So that's it for this week. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with Damon Mitchell from Luderati. Uh, but for this week, that's all. And goodbye.